Hi everyone, welcome back to Window Chats with Robin, the Instagram live podcast where I sit by my window and chat with very interesting people. Today's guest is Derek Gilroy. So excited this is finally happening. Okay, I'm going to try to invite him in and I think it's going to work. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting chat. Really, Derek, I feel like if we have nothing to talk about, then we'll just work on the scene for tonight's class. So there you go. Uh, so, you know, Sophie can have a proud teacher moment. But let's see if I can invite Derek into the room. Okay, sending an invite. Oh, do I have the worst reception right now? That would be so annoying. Okay, Derek, I tried to invite you. I think it's going to work. Let's find out. The suspense is killing me, I think. Can anyone die of suspense? That'd be weird. That'd be a really weird way to die. This is getting random. Derek, don't leave me alone with my thoughts. It gets weird, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is like the first struggle I've had. Derek. Oh, this is why I waited so long to have you as a guest because Instagram does not like us right now. Will I have to restart this? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if I had to restart it because I don't know if this is my strongest introduction. That being said, maybe it's fun when it's random and I ramble to myself. So a lot of options, a lot of, uh, let's try this again. Da, da, da. Derek, it says you can't join. Oh God, why? Okay, Derek, I'm gonna take this offline because I'm not sure why you can't join. I'm gonna try one more time. And maybe it'll work, but probably not. <laughs> oh my God, it worked! Oh, my Hello. That was dramatic, Derek, and I was not happy. That felt like season one of Window Chats. Sir, you frightened me, but hi, you're here. Welcome. How's it oh, going? So good to see you. <laughs> it's so good to see you too. Oh, the lead up. Okay, you're in, whatever. We'll just talk now. We're cool. Look at uh, your background. Cool. That, that first invitation for some reason didn't, I don't know what happened there. It's, you know, when you send an invite to a party and then no one comes, that's what I felt. It was very awkward and uncomfortable. I always come to your parties. Oh, thanks. I actually don't throw any, but good to know that at least one person will show up. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm excited this is happening uh, because you're fascinating. No. I'm just... Yes. How am I... Okay. This is the problem. My internet is weird and I can't interrupt you. And I like to talk over people. So this is my challenge for this chat is I'm not going to. So go ahead. I'm curious how I'm interesting. I don't know if I'm very. Okay, DJ D-Rock here. All right, sir, this is why you are interesting. So I found out, I said, like, this is the journey I've had with discovering the awesomeness that is Derek. Okay, <laughs> I met you because I was doing a whatever class with your roommate, Delaney. And I'm like, okay, this guy gets my humor. This is interesting. I like his vibe. And then I see you in an open class and I'm like, oh, well, this guy's like really, really talented. Like he's doing two different scenes. He's throwing accents. Like, I... And then I look you up on IMDb and I go, oh my God, this guy has done everything. <laughs> and, and then I like, and I see, oh, I see you at that party, that Christmas party, you're a DJ. What can't you do? Like, actually, what can't you do? So I'm fangirling right now. I'm honored to have you as a guest. Uh, I'll say, uh, you got a big fan in Caitlin Park as well. Ah, uh, she's the best. I miss her so much. We worked together at uh, one of the places I DJed at, but she doesn't work there anymore, so I'm sad. Aw. 
<laughs> Caitlin, why are you making Derek sad? Okay. Like... <laughs> but like, I just wanted you to share your like journey with people because I also found out you were a dancer. Like... Uh, well, yeah. So, I mean, ever since then, I wanted to be a performer and, uh, and I started dancing. That was my thing. My, uh, my parents took me to like a, like a, a dance movie. And then I wouldn't sit down. I would just dance in the aisles. And then my parents were trying to figure out, like, you know, Christ, what are we going to do with this kid, you know, when he's not in school? And then uh, they, they tried a bunch of stuff and baseball and football and a bunch of stuff that just didn't click. And then uh, and then they're like, oh, that clicks. And so they started, they put me into, like, breakdance lessons and hip-hop lessons. And then that kind of snowballed into ballet and jazz and, modern and all that stuff and then in high school i went to Togo school of the arts and i was a dance major there um and then i kind of gave it up and just kind of floated for a little while but i remember in in high school i got a really good mark on a on an acting thing and uh and it was like the highest mark i ever got in school period it's like a 97 percent and the only reason that i lost marks i guess is because there's a shit ton of swearing in it so they had to dock me some marks because of the swearing. <laughs> they just weren't ready for your creative expression. <laughs> that's right. That's on them. Uh, so then, you know, that's uh, that stuck when, you know, I, when I gave up acting and discovered pizza and beer and stuff. Oh, sorry, I gave up uh, dancing and discovered pizza and beer. Um, I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? And uh, I, so, so I remember the acting thing and I, and I auditioned for theater schools and got in. So then that's what I did. And then, yeah, it was just a, I, I did that for two years and left, uh, left a acting program at George Brown and was supremely lucky to fall into an insane agent and, uh, and started my journey. So that's how it went. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it was interesting, you know, just kind of flip-flopping back and forth to, uh, different, um, artistic expressions and stuff like that yeah. uh, acting and and i was a, i was a good dancer, but i wasn't a great dancer you know what i mean like i was good but I, I, was I don't know cat would disagree she's telling us we have to see you dance now i'm not going to force you to dance on an instagram live but i do expect to see you dance at some point now, listen the last time i danced was not last weekend but the weekend before and there was an excessive amount of drinking going on so <laughs> All right, so if we get you drunk enough, we'll see some dancing. Now, it's a little early. I, I mean, I don't judge if someone wants to drink at one in the afternoon. That's fine. But maybe... Uh... I, I also got in a conversation with someone about dance, and then they're just like, well, show me what you got. And I was like, you show me what you got. And then they did. And I was like, okay, well, I can't not dance now. And then we did you have a dance-off? A little dance-off. Oh the stuff <laughs> you see in movies, and it happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, it was... I love that. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. You know, it's so interesting because I used to think that everyone could dance and everyone had a sense of rhythm. So I never understood until you see people that actually don't have a sense of rhythm and can't dance. I go, oh, I never knew this was a skill. You know, because sometimes you can just hear the beat, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Even if it's like, you know, I don't know, it made a weird choice for a dance, but it was on beat. Okay. Yeah, that changed to me too, that people can't, well, especially because of 
of DJing as well, right? Is you know, like, you know, when you're dancing, you count like bars of eight, and and it's just it it shocks me that people can't figure out like when the downbeat, is. but Nazi people can't get it. Like okay, it's so funny because I can't remember how this came up, but um. Me and my brother were working on a project, and I'm like, okay, ready, five, six, seven, eight. And he's like, he's ready to go, because we were just always doing random dances and musical stuff growing up. Yeah. And then I think his girlfriend was like, I don't, what's happening? I don't understand. Um, this is so confusing. I'm like, but, like, you should know, five, six, seven, eight. like, you should know this countdown. We're starting yeah. something. <laughs> what it is. We don't start at one. It's five, six, seven, eight. You never start at one. That's weird. Okay. You don't need eight. You just need four. Let's go. A chorus line. That's a yes. half a chorus line is five, six, seven, eight. Classic chorus line. Uh, Esther, I'm sure you could dance, Esther Chung, okay? Yeah. Uh, in a like comedic way. Dancing in no time. I mean, look, here's the thing though. The thing about dancing is like anyone that commits to a move, I respect it. Sure. You know, like you don't have to be good. Like you just have to like want to dance. And like there's just such a fun energy that when you start moving your body and you're like, this isn't a dance move, but it is now, and I'm committing, and I'm happy, and I'm. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a sign of happiness, you know. You uh, syncing your body up to rhythm is, I don't know, it makes me fucking. Happy. <laughs> when you so you said growing up, did you say before dancing you tried t-ball? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, t-ball. Yeah, my my dad put me in t-ball. He's just like, I don't know what to do with this kid. T-ball. It's just so funny because like T-ball was the thing growing up. And it's, I don't know, for me, when I, now that I'm an adult, I go, that's not a sport. You know, like what, what is T-ball? It's, it's, I don't, that's just a side thought. Not for adults, but for kids. It's like how you, it's like, it's like your introduction to baseball, right? That's like, true. E but, and the, oh, overhead. I want baseball. adult T-ball. Can we please start an adult T-ball? I, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think it'd be pretty boring. Like, you know what I mean? Because everyone would hit the ball all the time. So, I mean, like, you unless, say that, sir. You have not seen me play baseball. Just fucked. Like, then, then maybe not. But, you know, like, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's sort of an introduction to baseball. I, I kind of feel like maybe if you've never played baseball before, that's a good place to start um, instead of just hand throwing because, like, you probably miss a lot of pitch or not. I don't know. I haven't played baseball in so long, so I couldn't tell you. You've done a lot of other things. You're busy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not even, okay, here's the thing. So Derek and I are in the same class right now. And what? one of the scripts we got, like, require, I mean, it doesn't require an accent, but it has an option for an accent, in my opinion. And, like, Derek's just going to be Irish tonight. He's going to whip out an Irish accent. I'll be like, what can't you do? You do so many accents. How? <sighs> I have an ear for it. I never trained properly. And specific accents from specific places not that great but like a general irish accent a general new york accent a general new jersey accent accent a general cockney accent or english accent you know i can do those but if it's just like yeah you're from zariga in 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 new york it's like oh uh i don't know like you know so, well i think if you do your new jersey accent you could live in Zariga, but you're from New Jersey, so that's your choice. Yeah, it totally works. But it's just like, oh, this guy's born and raised Bensonhurst, and that's different. 
than being born and raised in Queens or born and raised in, in Harlem or whatever. Like there's a different, there's different cadences to it. Like, and, and you can hear it too, you know, like you can, you can hear it. I'm just like, the specificity of that, I'm not super good at, but a general accent, I can, um, and that just comes from, I don't know, ever since I was a kid, I was, my, my mom always used to say I was a really good mimic. So I can hear someone and, and try to like, get, you know, like I, I was a big Monty Python fan and that's how I got an English accent was listening to those guys and then falling in love with Guy Ritchie movies and then that's how I do, okay, so like, you know, thugged out British is this and you know what I mean? Like I, I just I had an ear for it. And sometimes it falls like trying to get an Australian accent was really tough for me. Um, I would always, it always, it would always turn Scottish. So. My Irish turns Scottish quite easily. I'm like, I'm gonna see if I can do it. I'm like, huh. that's happens to me too. You know, I find was, if I'm trying to do it for a long period of time, I lose it. If it's like little bits, I can do it, but but the best one I do African because my dad's from South Africa. And it's really hard. So if you don't know the accent, it's really tough. Like I've talked to like to, to a couple of actors who have done South. And a really famous actor of Africa. He told me that his like journey doing that accent was like extensive. It took him like six months. Six months to get an accent. Whoa. And uh, yeah, just because it was tough. It's hard. Yeah. So uh, and and like yeah, just like. You're cutting out a bit on my end, and I'm worried that it's me. Uh, no, I can hear you. Can you okay. hear that I'm closer to the mic, maybe? Or No, I don't know what it was. I heard six months to get an accent, and then you kept moving your mouth, and I'm like, I think he's saying interesting things, but I can't hear it. <laughs> so I usually blame my internet. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hopefully it's not mine. Honestly, it is what it is. I can't fix the internet. I'm trying. I am, day by day. My people are on it. Yeah. We had problems with our internet, and we upgraded, and now our internet's great. So, of course, you pay more money, you get graded. I know. I think they intentionally give you crappy internet. They're like, ha-ha, you're going to want to pay. They 100% do. My room, like, I have an insane cable and internet package with you, and every two days, we have to reboot our modem. It's ridiculous. You know, if you upgrade to, like, infinite, it's whatever, and then, like, fine, I'll do it. And, of course, now it's amazing, right? I think that, so that every three years you have to buy a whole bunch of new shit. My Rogers conspiracy theory. <laughs> I believe it. I don't think, I think that's just true. You're stating fact. Yeah. It was really, I wanted to, so we had a request from the chat to hear your accents. Um, oh. I'm just worried it's going to get cut out, but would you do some just for the group? Uh, uh... Sure. What do you want me to do? Uh, I don't know. See, I would hate if someone did that to me and asked me to do that. So I yeah. asked my guests because I would never do it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'll do a South African accent because it's really hard. Oh, okay. Okay. Y'all, Robin, I promise you every single time I come on window chats, every now and again, I get a little nervous about doing accents for people when they ask me to. But I'm doing it for you today because... You're quite lovely. <laughs> that was so fun. That was my first South African accent on here. Thank you, Derek. Never forget your first. No worries. 
um yeah no it's I, I yeah you just have an ear for it i can pick it up it's weird it would be i wanted to do something like i used to want to do this and then i completely lost the courage to but i wanted to try out accents in real life right could i fully commit to this and you I know even if you're gonna order coffee like can i order it in an accent but then I got worried that someone behind me would have that accent and they think I'm mocking them or that I would lose it halfway through and they'd be, who is this psycho that I'm giving coffee to? So I haven't done it, but the idea is there. I'm such a silly extrovert that I wouldn't even blink if that happened. I just, yeah, I'm fucking around. What do you want? Sorry. You know? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to all the coffee shops around Toronto and use different accents. Or they'll forget that I went to one. They'll be like, wait, weren't you British last time? I'll be like, nah. So before Presto, I got on the TTC and realized I didn't have any change. and uh, But I had an old transfer that I had, like, earlier in the day. And, like, uh, and I showed the transfer to the bus bus guy, and I was hoping he let me through, and he did. And he's like, uh, no, that transfer's expired. I'm like, and I started speaking in a British accent. I'm like, oh, sorry, uh, it's my first time. I don't quite know where, where I'm going, Um it's my first time on TCC. Uh, uh, do these do these expire? Do they? And and he's just like, yeah, blah blah. I'm like, oh Christ, mate. Okay, well, um, I'm just going to the station. And, blah, blah, and he's just like, okay, just go, just go. And I like got out of it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I've done that before. I Not didn't know you could get out of it doing an accent challenge. Accepted. It's happening. Well, yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm a traveler. I don't know shit. What the fuck. See, it's funny because I would just go to a different language, uh, but I think that would be more confusing for the people. You know, I just start speaking. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at Makore, like what, whatever random words come out of my mouth. Yeah, no, that she that's dangerous because, like, you know, someone could be like, uh, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know what I mean? I'm languages. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, they, I can't communicate with her. Uh, we're gonna need security. I think she's gonna. Yeah, it gets really like, what is she going to do? Because yeah. I don't understand her. Oh, this girl, <laughs> she's got the shifty eyes. I'm worried. Yeah. Start freaking out. <laughs> and then I shut down the TTC. You're welcome. Okay. And you're just like, I just, I just need a ride, man. Fuck around. Need a ride. And not even that. I, I don't even need a ride. I just wanted, I was trying a bit. It didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> yeah, I'm an actor. I'm trying a bit. Yeah. I'm studying the people that enter the TTC. I'm just, what is their walk? What's, what's the environment? Yeah. What's feeling it? Oh, dude, I do insane shit like that all the time. Like, one of the ways I learn lines is I have an app called Line Learner, and it just spits my partner's lines back at me. And I'll walk around and do my lines. Like, I'll just have, like, my earphones in, and I'll walk around and do them. Like, you know, like on a residential street, it's fine. But like, I've done it in like Young and Dundas Square, where like I've gotten into, and, and like people are like, "Shit, he's fucking bad," you know. <laughs> like some guy said that to me once. I was, uh, I was rehearsing for uh, scene slam for like monologue slam, like with my friend Drew. We're gonna do. And I was doing the scene full out, just that Young and Dundas Square, and some guy's like, "God damn, he's angry!" Like, it's. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm making a scene. <laughs> I would love to do in public, I'm like thinking of not, maybe like an MOW, but the corniest MOW where I'm going, gosh, golly, you know, just saying words that people, what? <laughs> me, me and my girlfriend met in the mall the other day and like 
someone from the store came up to make sure she was okay. Because we were having on fake fight. And this guy's like, hello, are you all right? Type of thing. So, Listen to what we were actually you could tell them. But like, he thought we were fighting. Like that guy. <laughs> that happens to me and my husband all the time because we always, we, we just choose the weirdest places to make sarcastic jokes. And he just says like really, in my head, like it, this is really funny sexist jokes that he says, but he chooses like a grocery store. And, yeah. you know, like a public setting like that. And they go, oh, my God, what is happening in this marriage? Like, do we need to call someone? Like, no, this is really funny. And I appreciate this humor. Again, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Like, am I allowed to like sexist humor? I do. I think it's funny because I think it's funny and ridiculous. Uh, and it doesn't offend me. So I, but like at a grocery store setting where people are like, oh, my God, what's happening? Should she go home with him? Like, that's <laughs> cool. If anything, like, you should be scared for him. <laughs> it's your safe space. We'll be here for you. It's like, I do tomatoes, and every now and again, I'll make a comment about a girl's ass. What a... <laughs> and then, they, like, you stay here, and husband, you go home. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever be able to go up to someone and interject, unless it was, like, someone I knew or a family member or something like that. But... Exactly. But you see those you see those shows a lot. What would you do? I'm like, uh, I hope you don't film me in that show because I would do nothing. Well, because... what the guys like. I'm I'm lucky that I'm, you know, five nine and two hundred and eighty pounds. So you know, if I come up to you, like you're gonna, you may think you can beat me up, but you're gonna think twice about it. So I, they got physical, but again, you have to look. Like if the guys. Six one and two eighty pounds. I probably wouldn't like. There's no point in me getting my ass kicked. But if it's something that I could do, I, I I would try. Like I've done things before where like uh, someone's like berating someone in the in the TTC, and I just stand in between them. I don't do anything. I just stand in between. Yeah, it's, then, like if it comes to, I would do CPR. Like I would do that kind of health stuff. But oh yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. You know, like that stuff. I get a hundred percent. Let's save a life. Kind of vibe. We're here. Like I'm here for you. But it's the other stuff where, you know, I put myself in like, will I get stabbed today? That's like a, a really real fear for me. Like, yeah. am I going to get stabbed? You have to weigh it, right? You have to figure out what you're dealing with. If it's someone that's like going absolutely berserk and, you know, maybe looks dodgy, like, yeah, probably not. But if it's just some random asshole, like, yeah, I would just step in the way. I've done that before. I've like, just like some girls sitting there and some guys fucking for whatever reason going off and I'll just like stand there. I'm picturing we're going to go in the TCC together. You're going to get in the way of an altercation. You'll get stabbed, but then I'll help you because that's when I come in. Be like, right. okay guys, I'm attending to the wound. Let's work makes the dream work. That's what I'm saying. Oh, this got so dark. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Hey, remember like you in general, like let's chat about you. <laughs> I get so sidetracked. You wanted to be a guest on this? That's your fault. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't know. I love random conversations. But yeah. I, okay. I wanted to chat with you about that movie. Um, you were doing press for it in London. Hang on. Uh, Chamber of Terror? I wrote it down. Yeah. Is it Chamber of Terror? Okay. Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I was real 
there's such a crazy story with that movie. Uh, I used to work at Blockbuster Video back in the day, and this guy, Mike Pereira, worked with me. And, you know, like I was, you know, getting my acting career slowly started, and he had directed a, a feature that, like, was awful and went nowhere. And, you know, he wanted to be a director, but, you know, he also was, like, getting married, and he wanted to start a family, and... And that happened and like directing kind of got sidetracked until he was going to like a couple of like horror movie conventions here in town, Toronto after dark and blood in the snow and stuff like that. And some of the local uh, guys here and they sort of encouraged like make shorts again. Did. And his shorts started to getting, started getting into all sorts of great like film festivals and stuff like that. And, uh, and then eventually someone was like, okay, We'll give you some money to do a picture. And then COVID happened, and he was just like, um, like, like, then he decided, well, I can't do anything else, so I may as well, like, finish writing this thing and get it going. And he did. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, uh, you know, I, I asked him to come uh, watch, like, Sophie's class. I know a shit ton of really really, really talented non-union actors, um, you know, you should come watch them. And uh, he was like, okay. And he did. And uh, he's like, yeah, there's some great people in there. And uh, But he was just like, boy, like, I've never really seen you actually do, you know, some of your stuff on TV. And, you know, it's good, but it's like, it doesn't really affect you as an actor. But, boy, you did some really good work, so on and so forth. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And uh, and then yeah, and then Chamber of Terror was coming around. He was like, "Yeah, I'm looking to fill these roles." We know him. And I'm like, I'm "Like, well, I'm not doing anything." LOL. <laughs> but like, that you know, you, I'm like, "No, man, you're making your first feature. I want to be a part of that." And he was like, it's yours if you want it. And I'm like, "Okay." And so then I helped him. Oh, like um, my friend Seth O'Shea. Oh, I know Seth. Yeah, so uh, I I recommended Seth to Mike, and Mike put him through the ringer, but he he booked it, and he did a really great job. And, and then my friend Sigourney, who um, is a fantastic actress, um, you know, started talking with Mike and convinced Mike to make a a, um, a character that was originally a male uh, turn it into a female character, and then she. She went for it, and uh, he was like, "Yep, yeah, you're right. This totally works, and we want you to do it." And then we were off to the and just like little zany horror comedy, and uh, it's been doing pretty good. Um, well, it, I mean, it was a big budget too, right? Like two hundred thousand, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was that. I think it was maybe. I was check. I saw it on IMDb, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Derek! Look at this!" Okay. I mean. I think that that's actually a small budget, but, uh, but okay, I do zero budget films. So that's why uh, I thought it was like, I sorry. have a very low bar. Yeah. I just worked on things that you're just like, holy shit. Like that's a lot of money. So, oh yeah. Well, like, you know, if you do your Apple TV stuff, yes, they have a, it's an Apple budget. So, I mean, like just like being on huge sets sometimes is like, it's just crazy what they spend money, what they don't give a shit about. You know, I, I did this. I did this movie in Vancouver with like Matt Damon and, and uh, Diego Luna and stuff like that. And 
I was there for five days for 30 seconds of screen time with one line said off camera. That's, that's what made the movie. But I was there for five and a half days. And almost all those days went over time. And they didn't give a shit. They're like, yeah, who cares? Like, keep them here, whatever. Like, the second unit, we're doing just all, like, the second unit stuff, close-up of hands and close-up of us, like, putting biomechanical shit on Matt Damon and stuff like that. Like, that took a whole day. And they mic'd us because it's just like, well, we don't know if we want to make it a montage. Like, maybe it'll be a scripted scene. Why don't you guys just improv and, like, do shit? And so for, like, three and a half hours of overtime, we're just making sure. I mean, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, a, a movie that I should have been paid, like, an okay amount of money. got ridiculous. But they didn't care. It was like, yeah, we that, like, we don't care. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're cutting out a bit more no. than usual now. But I heard I, the, the whole, like, overtime stuff. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's a $50 million budgeted movie. So oh they don't, God. they don't care about, like, the one dude that five days that we may need him for an extra day and every day he stays an extra four or five hours. Like, who cares? You know I, mean? okay. I spend more dinner. You know, they, they don't care. So it's like, okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, you know. What what movie was that? The one with Matt Damon. Uh, it was called Elysium. Oh, that one. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, I had a really small part, like Blinking You Miss Me. But I was there for a long time. Like, I thought I was going to be all over that movie. You know what I mean? Like, my... Like, you know, when I actually, like, read the script, I'm like, oh, I got some cool, like, little interchanges here. This is great. And then, and then, like, you know, we would shoot exactly what was in the script. And then Neil Blomkamp would be like, uh, I just fuck around. Just, like, we'll do, like, five or six takes. So you guys just, like, you know, basically the skeletal structure of the scene. But improv and do shit and whatever. And I'm just like, yo, that's three, four hours of, like, setups. He's like, yeah, do what you want. It's like. So, but I I love when someone says improv. I love that so much. When they're like, "Here's the gist of the script. These are the rough boundaries, but have fun." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, because money affords you time, right? And like you know, because money affords you time, and we're not doing like it's not like okay, we have to get the helicopter explosion exactly right. It's just us fucking goofing around and prepping Matt Damon for surgery, like. So, so they're just like, yeah, see what happens. Like, they don't care. What's it's the what was the audition that was? You said it was shot in Vancouver, right? Yeah. So, so the I'm audition, assuming audition in Toronto or? No, I lived in Vancouver for seven years. I did not know that. Yeah. So wow. I, 2006, I had a really good year in Toronto. I was in like four movies. I'm like, okay, it's finally gonna start to get easier. Like, oh, thank God. And then I didn't audition. For six months. Now I didn't book. I didn't audition for. And I was just like, man, like Toronto's not really showing me any love. And a couple of my friends were going to try and move out there. My very good friend booked a big part on a TV show. So I'm just like, well, fuck it. Let's all go out there together. And so like seven or eight of us all moved to Vancouver at the same time. And so it was cool because you had like a little like social circle. You know, it's not have to having to worry so much about. Um, making new friends. Um, but yeah, so, and Vancouver was great for my acting resume, but that was the only thing it was good for. I didn't really enjoy it there. 
but but Max, I heard a lot of people say that. I find that so interesting. But maybe I just went on vacation and I thought, ooh, mountains. Oh yeah, like short term, it's great. Like you, you want to send me out there, do a project. I'll do it every day of the week and twice on Sundays. But I'm not like I don't want to. I don't want to live there. I don't want to live there at all. Um, yeah, the people aren't very warm, unfortunately. And I'm not very outdoorsy. I'm I'm a city boy through and through. I I like vibe. I like something going on. Everyone in Vancouver is like, all right, let's just. Let's just relax. Oh, let's let's do some shit. Yeah, just we need you to just calm down, buddy. Like, no, fuck that. Shit. That's not. So, uh, so you're not moving back to Vancouver anytime soon. Noted. Okay. I'll work there, any Vancouver filmmakers, I'll work there. I mean, yes, to work absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I got lucky. I I got I got uh, I booked a movie that that shot out there and. They flew me up and put me up and everything like that. And that was great. You know, I got to like visit with all like, you know, my acquaintances and my friends there and, you know, got to, you know, film this movie. Um, but then like after a month and a half, I'm like, okay, cool. I can go home now. Like, it's great. Right. Did that group of friends, did they all move back to Toronto or are they still there? Yeah. All, every single one of them. Every wow. single one moved either to LA or back to Toronto. Everyone. Wow. Yeah. No one stayed. So interesting. Yeah, and, and a lot of them had some pretty great success out there. Like like my you know, my 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 uh resume doubled and like, you know, my you know, I, I booked like my first movie and doing like those big big movies and big T V shows out there. Um so it was again really good for acting. But some of my friends like they had they established great careers out there and they're still like, Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a paid announcement for tourism to Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. No, listen, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. But if you're like, I'm going to go live there and give it a shot for a while. I'm just like, good luck. Not very fun. <laughs> and like DJing sucked up. Like it was. Well, yeah. If everyone's like outdoors in the mountains, like. Well, you... well, I like... mean, I, I don't, I know that people aren't like the entire Vancouver city isn't just on a mountain. I'm aware of that. But I do like that visual of just no one's at home. Everyone's just hiking. I think it's I really got, funny. You're not wrong. It's <sighs> like that. Where were you? I was at House Mountain. Where were you? I was doing, the, you know, like hiking, a, a snowboarding yesterday. Okay. And like, listen, there is something to be said, especially like growing up in a, in a, in a city like Toronto, that you wake up, you walk to the end of your block, and like you turn left and you see mountains. It's, it's pretty special. It's pretty special. But... You know, after six months, you're like, oh, yeah, fucking mad. You know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> See, it's so... Because you know what? I talk to my husband a lot. We like to walk everywhere. It confuses people. They're like, why don't you just not walk anywhere? Um, and so I think, I'm like, maybe I could do Vancouver. But then I go, I don't know. It's just far. And that's... I don't want to move. We just moved. I don't want to move. It's like the whole moving process. No, thank you. If someone yeah. gives me, like, here's your setup, all paid for. Uh, okay. But, ugh, to have to... Pack everything up again. Blah. Well, That's it's up my descriptor. Higher life. You know, for me, it was easy. I was like a single guy at the time. I had nothing holding me here. You know, I was just like, I'm going to try. Because, because frankly, at the time, uh, Toronto wasn't showing me any love. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I'm, 
I didn't really have a community and I didn't really have like, and I wasn't taking classes at the time and I, I just felt kind of lost and, uh, and disappointed in what was going on. So I'm just like, well, you know, can't get any worse than this. And so I went and, you know, it, it, there is a big difference there, you know, like there, you know, I've been in this business for what, 16 years now, 17 years. And there are some Toronto casting directors that have only seen me like once, maybe twice in my career. That's nuts. Yeah. What? When I, I saw every casting director in the city within 10 months. Every single one. So there's just a, a different thing out there where they're like, oh, some new kid? Yeah, bring him in. No problem. You've got a good agent. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him in. Whereas like here, it's just like, we have our 10 and we have our 10 people and we just like our 10. Oh, that's so funny and so discouraging, but probably very truthful. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the industry here can be discouraging, but you just have to keep trying and you just have to keep going. And it's kind of like, I'm going to weigh you down. You're going to be like, okay, fine. I'll audition you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways of doing that, like to, to get in. I mean, like your agent is kind of your first line of defense. Uh, but like first line of offense. Oh, that's so, I know I hear that all the time and I have a problem with rules and I'm like, mm, this doesn't sound fun for me. I don't like barriers. <laughs> I, I don't like them either. So I knock them down or I, I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a loophole here. <laughs> possible. I try to knock them down. Like if I look, if I, the problem, the problem with acting, the, the problem that's that I find the most difficult is that it's really, really hard because you don't, your career is not in your hands. If you were working another, any other type of job and you're working like a nine to five, but you show up at seven and leave at nine, the eventuality is someone's going to see that and be like, this guy wants it, right? Like this guy's doing the extra work and they're, they're going for it. But here it's like, you can put as much work into it as possible, but it's still like no guarantee that anyone's ever going to see it, care about it, whatever. Right, but you still have to keep going. You just, you still have yeah, to keep, I, you still have to tap for an answer. I, you know, I. A case in point, and 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 like it, it, it's the thing I think about when I get most discouraged about this industry. And it happens to everyone, but like, you know, like unless it's like a small pocket, like if I'm going through like an existential thing about acting, I, I will always think about this. And I remember I found like one of my guys that I want to work with in the industry more than anyone else is Aaron Sorkin. Found out that he was going to do his directorial debut here in Toronto, this movie called Molly's Girl, right? And so I call my agent and I say, hey, listen, I, I, I just want to let you know that for the next two and a half months, I'm going to be a problem. And he's like, what do you mean? This is like, I'm going to be a real problem for you because Sorkin is doing his first movie here where he's directing. He's shooting a movie here. And, like, I don't care, like, who you have to kill, whose dick you have to suck, like, who, like, you fucking need to, like, bowl over getting on this fucking... And, like, I will do everything within my... And, like, this is where we strap on our helmet and go to war. Because I'm fucking getting it. I'm getting it. And uh, he's just like, okay, man, like, let's go. I'm like, okay. And then, like, about... Three and a half weeks later, my friend was auditioning for a part in it. And he's like, here's the first breakdown of sides. 
And like I looked at them and I'm just like, oh, okay, fuck, there's really nothing there for me. Except for this overweight gangster part, but he's got to be 60, but fuck all that. So I went to my agent and I said, did you see the breakdowns? He's like, I did. He's like, you see the gangster part? He's like, I did. And I'm like, I'm assuming you me. I did. And I'm like, and let me guess, they didn't want to see it. And he was like, no, you're not 60 years old. I'm like, well, fuck it. Shit. Putting it on tape anyway. And he's like, go for it. I'll, I'll give it to them. If you put it on tape, I'll give it to them. I'm like, okay. And so then I went to Sophie, my coach, uh, our coach. And Sophie and Rooney, of course, Raw Studios. The best. And I was like, I like I want this so bad. And then she's just like, well, let's not do a thing where it's like, here's the camera, here's your reader, you're in front of the camera, that's your audition. Let's do something. And I was like, okay. So we set up her studio where she was like literally sitting behind a couch shooting me. And then I at the door. We hired, uh, not hired, but like asked one of my friends who's like a redheaded actress because we knew Jessica Chastain booked the part. So I'm just like, let's, like, it's already going to be difficult for them to see me. Like, you know, it's like, you know, they're going to see this audition and be like, well, he's not 60. Uh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it was all, it was already going to be like that. So I'm like, well, let's just like make sure that they don't have to spend their disbelief any less than So I got this really great, uh, Oh, wait, wait, one sec. We're losing you a bit. Hang on. I really want to hear this. <laughs> I'm just driving me nuts, this internet connection. I'm like, this story is so good. Okay. Well, we got we got my friend Courtney Deline to 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 be my scene partner. And and it's it's a horrible scene. Like I I I burst in the door, I beat the crap out of her, I steal all her money and then leave again, right? Stick a fucking gun in her mouth. It's like really intense, right? right. Uh, but but we shot it like a short film. And even though I didn't get that part, and even though I didn't, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I probably wasn't even considered. They did bring me in a couple more times to play, like, one, like some of the poker players that are at the, you know, like, smaller parts. But I didn't give a shit with Sorkin. I didn't give a shit. I'm like, I'll, like, whatever. I'll be the fucking plumber in this scene. I don't care. You know? Um, and, uh, and again, like, that didn't work out. But the fact of the matter is, is that like me and my team, me and my agent, myself included, and my acting coach, and my actor friends, and and like my agent and the full weight of that agency, basically like backed me on trying to get that part. There was nothing more I can do. Okay, but like I'll never be like, well, you know, fuck. Yeah, I should have worked a little harder for that. It's like no, I worked as hard as I could. And even though like again, like that didn't work out, I'm proud of that work. I'm proud of that gumption. I'm proud of going there. And the fact of the matter is, is that like, I kind of feel that that's what's required to make it in this industry. And if you're not ready to do that, you're in for a shit ton of disappointment. Because if you're not going to do it, there's nine guys in the wings that will. Um, and that's just kind of the reality, unfortunately, you know, um, so, you know, like, listen, that sounds exhausting, I know, but it is what it is. But look, but it's not, I don't know if it sounds exhausting. It sounds like 
you were on a mission, like you are getting this, they are going to see you. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I love that story so much because again, you were kind of saying before how, you know, um, it's really hard to be an actor. Everything's out of your hands, but you got that script. You're like, okay, I know I'm not 60, but I'm auditioning and someone's going to see it. You got that script. You had that friend, you, you made those, like you filmed it, you put it. So you took so much of your career in your own hands. And I love that story because it's so important to know that even though, yes, you might not be picked you have in control, like, again, you had, you were very lucky with the resources you had as well. Like someone just starting up might not have those resources, but you did so much to get seen. And I don't, I hope no one watches this and then everyone's taking their friend's sides and submitting You have to see me. Didn't you hear Derek's story kind of vibe? But I just think it's, it's good to know these stories because sometimes that's how hard you have to hustle. If not, yeah, like, I if think there's that something that you're so passionate about, of course. And that's, that's what it takes. Like the fact that they still saw you for other roles too. That's, that's huge. The fact that they're seeing you like that, that's a, it's a good story. I'm really, I appreciate you hearing it. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, exactly. You can't do that with every single one. Like that was a situation where like, like that's, that was like one I wanted most in my, so I went after it. You know what I mean, I went after it hard. Now I don't do that with every single one. But I'll do something where, like, you know, if a friend's auditioning for something and I think that I could be good for it, I'm not getting seen, I'll tell my agent about it. And, again, I don't do it all the time. But, like, once every two months, something will come up. And I'll be like, hey, man, like, I think I could crush this. And, you know, I'm, like, supremely fortunate that I have an agent who casting listens to and that, you know, can get me in there. And I know, unfortunately, there are plenty of actors who have agents who are like, fucking stop bothering. And, and like, and they really have to, you really have to kind of do a check and go like, well, is this person for me? And I think one of the scariest things being an actor is unrepresented. Uh, oh, did we talk recently? <laughs> but I think instead of actors, you know what I mean? Um, but I think that you need, like, no one's going to be a bigger cheerleader for you than you. And the second person that's got to be your biggest cheerleader is your agent. Or else it just doesn't work. You know what? It's like, but here's the thing, too. And it's so, because you talk to, I talk to so many people in the industry on all the sides, right? And it is really hard to be an agent. It's such a thankless job half the time because you could be pushing your talent and your talent doesn't know how hard you're working because, like, what do you get? Hey, these are all the things I submitted you for. You can get a submission list at some point. That's fine. But it's just so much work on the agent's part. And it's not like they're representing one person, right? They have to try and make, a, uh, make you know, an income as well. So I see, I see it being hard for the agent to just be there all the time. And like, sometimes they don't have the connections that you need. Or even sometimes it's just like, no, why are you pushing yourself for this role? This is weird. Or they have a different vision of what that actor should be. And I, I think there's so many different components to the actor agent relationship and even agent and casting and all, there's so many components. It's so interesting. Yeah. And there's, I, I don't think there's like a right or wrong agency per se. I do think it's how you like, how you interact with that agent and how like, does that work for you? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh relationships right it's a working relationship yeah i think I think, I think one thing that actors really need to get in their head uh really need to get in their head uh because i think a lot of them don't do that 
um, but that for you, like the agents work for you. Is that what you said? Yeah. The agent, you can, they can drop you like they, you know, like, but it's like, they work for you. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you're the client. So, you know, if you see your career, you see your career going one way, you want your career to go one way. And they're like, I don't really see it that way. You really got to check it and see if that's like the right person for you. Because like you could spend years with someone who's like, Robin, you're the girl next door. And you're like, no, I'm not badass assassin. I can do the badass assassin. They're like, assassin. you're hallmark for life. And then you're just like, like all of a sudden your career turns into this like miserable thing. Like why, why do that? You know, what's so funny. It's, I used to, cause there used to be classes where I'd take and they'd say, okay, let's all discuss everyone's type. And that's totally fine. You can do that. I find it, like, I will be the type you need me to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. If you envision me in this role, I will make myself that role. Not a problem. It drives me when, when, when there are acting coaches or like branding things. It's one thing to kind of know like, okay, like, this could be my hit, but I can do anything. Like, I'm an actor. I can do anything. Like, again, like, I've been so fortunate that I have not been pigeonholed. Into I've played killers and doctors and cops and fucking goofy best friends and, you know, security guards and all sorts of different shit. Like, you know, and, and it's been... Like, like the darkest of the dark things. Like I did an episode of The Detective where I was a child murderer, right? And then I've done like goofy shit where I'm like a, a drunk guy eating a wedding cake at a party. You know what I mean? Like I- You did, you were also like, what was it? Screaming fan and tooth fairy. I'm like, I just love your IMDb credits. They're great. Yeah. 60s dancer and hairspray. I'm, yeah. This guy, this guy's cool. Yeah, I mean like- <sighs> Those are like lucky things where just like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they, they liked my look. So I, I, I booked those things, but so I'm lucky that like, I've kind of been able to run the gambit, but, and I know how difficult it can be. If you're like pigeonholed in this one thing and you want to do other things, you know, like, but I really think that, that, that relationship with your agent needs to be strong enough where you're just like, I know we're making money on like the cutesy things, or I know we're making money on like the real intense drama things, but fuck, like, I don't want to come home and cry all the time. Can we just do something lighthearted and funny, please? Cause I could do that too, you know? Um, but it's also good to know your brand. Like I, in Toronto, I don't know like a lot of my competition, but in Vancouver, I knew exactly who my competition was. So I would break down and I'd be like, I'm going to try my best to get this and I'm going to do I'm going to do the work uh, but you know Chris Goche is going to get this uh, Nick Carell is going to he's going to get it. but every now and again something will come across my some across, something will come across me and like, no one's getting this but me I'm the guy like they can't do it I can do this so that's kind of good you know what I mean it gives you like kind of a, a confidence uh, in your abilities um so. You know, it's so interesting on so on the weekend, I was a reader. And it was um, the casting call they had put out wh whatever breakdown it was. Um, it, the people they brought in for the callbacks were 
all over the place in terms of like ethnicity, gender. In fact, it was so, even age. And it was so interesting to me to see how, like when I left, I thought, I don't know who they're going to choose because everyone made a different choice to a point where I go, that like, that was fascinating. Oh, didn't see it that way. And then I can see how, if it's an actor that keeps getting to that final callback phase, how frustrating it is to be, why am I not booking? And it's like, it's just not for you, but it doesn't mean you're a bad actor. And I think it's so hard in this industry to keep making it and just not fully getting there because it's just not the right part for you. But like, there's so much talent. And this was a non-union project. And I'm like, oh God, this is so much competition because I'm non-union as well. I'm like, oh God, everyone's so good. I, I was hoping that everyone would just become union. And then it's like, then I'm the only a talent left that hasn't gone union. It's not working. Like people are really good. It's frustrating. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that uh, I, I've noticed, uh, I, I've had friends who are readers too that have said that uh, most people, most like not all the time, but most, most sessions, everyone's a pretty good actor. Yeah. Like, there's no one that's shit. Everyone's a pretty good actor. Uh, it's just like that one person that like, ah, uh, there he is. Right. Or, it's, and that, you know what? And that's what I thought. Like, I don't know who they ended up choosing. But I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what they were going for. And it's like, and even if you get the redirects and everything, it's like that person just got it to what the director's vision was. Well, I'll tell you a story. I, I was auditioning for this show called the coroner and, uh. and, uh, I I thought I did a great audition. My agent was like, "Wow, that was a great audition. It was funny and it was sad, and it was perfect. It was really, really great." And then my friend Nick got the part, and I was just like, "Well, I can't get too mad at that. Nick's a great actor, and uh, you know." And so I was just like, "Hey, man, can I can I see your audition tape?" And he's like, "Yeah." He sent me the audition tape, and within thirty seconds of watching that audition tape, I'm like, "Of course he looked it," because there was something. There was like. I was doing a good job. Like, like it was a good audition, right? But I watched him and it's like, oh, that's just a guy talking to someone else. He wasn't doing anything. Like, it was effortless. And he, it was just, you know, like, there was a moment where, like, for example, like, you know, he's talking to the lead of the show and then he's just like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, like, I, I, I mow the old lady's lawn, you know, uh, and I said that I would help her out. Why do you, do you need help, uh, you know, with anything around the place? And for me, it's just like, oh, I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to flirt. Like, why? You know, do you need any help with anything around the place? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. just like, not over the top, whatever. He didn't do that. He just asked. He just said, oh, why? Do you need anything? You know, whatever. Like, what? he didn't do anything. He just spoke to the person and I'm like fuck yeah like of course like within 30 seconds of watching that I'm like I know exactly why you look like there's just some people that was like yep there they are there they are you know um and the great thing about casting is is that they want you to book the part just as much as you want to book the part so you got to go into an audition room thinking like I'm here to solve your problem yeah you know uh that's the way and it made, you know. Oh wait, I'm losing you again, Derek. This has been like stop and go. My heart is sinking. Okay, I think you're back with us. And, um, well, it's just like one of those things where you know I feel like 
you know, it might sound presumptuous or, you know, overconfident, but it's just like, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm here to, to solve your problem. You know what I mean? I'm here. I don't, I think that's a great way because I can tell you the people, cause it was like in person, I can tell you the people that walked in and they're just like, let's do it. Let's be like, this is, you're welcome kind of vibe of I'm here, I'm solving it. But it wasn't arrogant. It was just like a confidence that yeah. if you come in nervous, like I'm nervous too. I, I pick up on that nervous energy. I'm like, oh God, what, what's happening, right? And it's just so interesting to see that on the other side where you go, oh, okay. So just kind of go in, don't be, you know, don't be an asshole, but just go in like, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let's do this. And you know what? Uh, this is what I prepared. It's not like I'm not expecting perfection here. This is just my idea. And then let's play. If you want to give me a redirect grade, if this isn't the role for me, cool. Maybe see you next time. Yeah. It's, and, it's the confidence. Yeah. And I also think that, that as, a, that as an actor, actually booking the part a lot of times has nothing to do with your acting. It has everything to do with, well, the guy playing his sister's blonde and he's got brown hair or the guy playing his sister's six one and he's five ten, like this isn't gonna work, or he's supposed to be this really big lumbering guy, but everyone's the same height as him. Fuck too bad, we really like him, but we're going with the giant. Or and like that's shit that you can't help. Like you just can't help. Like, oh fuck, you know, he's great, but he's a little overweight and we need him to be a runner by the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Like I can't do anything about that. Like I think that if you're getting if you're consistently getting in to be seen for casting, you're doing your job. You know? Is there anything, if someone said like you had to transform, is there anything you wouldn't do? Like, would you not shave or something for a role? It seems no. like a weird, you know what I mean? Okay, like if someone said to me, dye your hair kind of thing, I'm like, first off, how much does it pay? Uh, <laughs> but I don't like there are certain things I'm like, I guess I would if the role was good enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever, like, I, again, this isn't something that's happened to me. I'm just always curious on the actors and the other person? I, I, well, I won't, uh, the only thing I won't do is I won't do parts that are small, that uh, that I'm the butt of a joke. Oh, so, interesting. So like, if it's like, haha, fat guy shit, right? Uh, I'm like, cool, how much are you gonna pay me for that fat guy shit? And where am I on the call sheet? Because if I'm number 15 or 20 and it's one day, go fuck yourself. I'm sure. You know, like you want it, you want me to go through a little bit of humiliation, you're gonna pay me. And other than that, no, there's nothing I want to do. I, I have no problem. Uh, I did a thing once where they wanted to put a big star across my head here, so I had to like shave just that part of my head, and then they did the scar, and then I was just like, Well, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna shave my head, you know, and then after after the movie. It's just hair, it'll go back, you know. That's so cool. Yeah. No, I no, there's 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 very rarely things I won't do, but I won't be yeah, like I, I won't be like the butt of of jokes in that regard. Uh I won't uh, won't uh... Oh no, I lost you again. Derek, my heart. Okay. Aw. But like <laughs> That's just, yeah, that's just like, that's something I won't do unless you pay me. Like you want to pay me, I'll do it. You know, like, like, listen, like my ego can take a hit for $50,000, like whatever, but I'm not. Everyone has a number. Yeah. 
but I'm not I'm not fucking around for like a thousand bucks where you're just like, look at that fat piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, dear. And then that's my part in the movie. Fuck you. It's so like, I really thought we moved past those kinds of jokes. But then we, you see something and go, oh, huh, okay. We have mostly. But you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't really care about that kind of stuff either, as long as it's funny. Like, I'm not one of those controversial topic but uh i'm not one of those guys who are just like oh you shouldn't punch down in comedy i'm like no comedy is comedy you should just leave it the fuck alone if it's funny it's funny if it's not funny then that's an entirely different conversation that you can have about going like well that person's just a piece of shit and it's just me but if it's funny i feel like i've been to plenty of comedy shows where i've been the butt of jokes being like the overweight guy and the ones that are funny, I could care less. The guys that weren't funny, I'm like, oh, you're an asshole, right? So it just depends on like where you're at. Um, but, but like again, like I won't be a part of that shit unless you pay me. Like I just won't. Like you know. What I mean? I'm just picturing the funny. in the comedy bar. You're sitting there, and then the guy that isn't funny makes the joke. He's like, all right, pay up. Yeah, yeah. Pay up to make it acceptable. Otherwise, I will slap you because that's how we do it in Hollywood. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep my name out your fucking mouth. Um, but uh, I again, like, I'm not one of. The, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not precious when it comes to stuff like that. I, I just, I like, I just feel that if it's a throwaway joke like that, I just won't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, not like good or bad or whatever. I just won't be a part of it. That's it. So, um, and you know, like I know there's plenty of like actors that are like that. There's pl- there's actors who are like, yeah, I'll never play a racist. I'll never play like a child murderer or pedophile or whatever. It's like I don't care about any of that shit. Like you know what? So those stories need to be told, if if for nothing else, than to be cautionary tales. And someone needs to take that on. I'll take that on. You know, I I, I think it's important. You know, like you know, you can you can help things with art, but not to be self-important but you can uh, so yeah so I'll, I'll i'll take that on yeah no but i agree right there are stories that have to be told and the stories that are the hardest to hear you need the villain characters that no yeah. one and people have to play them so yeah and some people are just like terrified of doing that and like oh no you know like uh what will people think of me but i don't give a shit so. I, but I think, you know, what's so interesting with those characters, too, is like as an actor and you get those characters to play, you have to try and figure out because you're not. I used to go into the, those roles and think, oh, well, this person's a terrible person. But I don't think the people think they're terrible people. So you have to go in thinking you're not a terrible person as you're doing this terrible scene and dialogue. And you go, this is so interesting. Yeah, the one you have to do when you're going into playing a character, any character, whether it be the hero or the antagonist or the villain or the fucking piece of shit is like, you got to go with empathy. Uh, and sometimes that's really hard because sometimes, sometimes the world is black and white, but not usually, usually it's a shade of gray. And usually you can find empathy. You know, you, you're playing like the Ku Klux Klan guy, right? So you, so you do, you know, you do your deep dive into that, but like, you know, there's like this guy, uh, Daryl something, I can't remember his name. He's a, he's a black blues musician uh, from the South and he has done a thing where he has gotten 
something like 350 former former Ku Klux Klan members to relinquish their robes to him because he's talked them out of being racist. An incredible thing. But that would never happen if he's just like, oh, they're racist pieces of shit. Fuck them. He's like, no, he took the time to like talk to them and like, how did this happen? Why did you? Well, my parents did it. And my parents' parents did it. And my parents did it. And I didn't know any black people. I didn't never talk to them. Like, you're the first black person I've ever talked to. And you're a great Yeah, I'm wrong. And in fact, I probably am wrong. And he led with empathy. And that's what we have to do as actors. And Christ, it's hard sometimes. It's really hard. But it's what's required. Yeah. So. That is so interesting. Open out. Pardon? Every now and again, I pull out some words of wisdom. Yeah. Also, I mean, look, this is probably, uh, you, you win the award for the most F-bombs dropped on an Instagram live, sir. So uh, oh, really? <laughs> I love it. I found it great. Uh, but now I have to make it explicit. So now little kids can't hear the words of wisdom. It is what it is. Um, so, sorry, you should have told me to like keep my language uh, sanitary. You know what? I didn't... Um, but it helps the story. That's my issues with swearing sometimes. Sometimes you get a message across with the swears. And you, like, you can't avoid it. You can swear on YouTube, can't you? I feel like you can. Let's find out. I'm not even going to I might get um, window chats gets canceled. Oh, no. It's, it's OK, honestly. Like the, it's, it's fine. I, I want to challenge it. I don't. I'm scared. Internet's scary. It's a scary place. Uh, oh, yes. That's why we waited so long to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Definitely. I feel oh my gosh lately okay I'm gonna overshare and then I'll let you leave because also I have to <laughs> go over the lines for this I, I totally prepared for tonight I, uh, oh. I'm not. it's okay <laughs> so if he's not watching this it's fine I'll be like yeah I was prepping um anyways I I was doing an audition the other day and do you and I was doing like here's the script and then I had to be myself and I still fall into the trap of like the actor presenter voice and then like the nervous Robin voice. I'm like, what is my actual voice? Do you ever fall into like the whole, what is my real voice when you're doing an audition thing? Uh... This is just me overthinking it. I know it's a weird question, but it happened recently. And I'm like, I'll talk to Derek about it. Cause he's, he's the first actor I'm talking to today. Okay. <laughs> sort of. Uh... I yeah, sort of. Sometimes when I'm doing an audition, I get too clever. Mm, uh, interesting. Oh, so I I'm like, oh, well, this is what they're doing. This is what I'm doing in the scene. So I I really give into that instead of just sort of make conversational. It's one of the things I'm working just be a little bit more looser with it, bring myself more to it. I, I feel like I bring myself to every character. I'm not, I'm one of those people that I don't really believe in like character. Well, my character wouldn't. Well, don't I, tell your agency that. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, the, the way I look they're at the characters, that was a terrible joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, character to me are words on a page. They're wrote to like, you know, the journey of this person. Uh, and then your experiences, your life experiences, imprint 
that roadmap is sort of what the character is, right? So, you know, everyone's had their ups and their downs and everyone's been a piece of shit and everyone's been a fucking gem of a human. And so, you know, you just kind of go in and out with that, which is why sometimes when I'm playing people that are, you know, less than savory, like tough for me to let go sometimes. Because the things I latch on to are, you know, like, well, I'm not 100% like them, but I can relate to this part of it. So, or this part of them. So that's like where I go. And then, you know, your mind can play tricks on you going like, wow, you're not too far away from being a real piece of shit. You know what I mean? And then you're just like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to like, you know, I need to be able to put that away. Uh, whereas, you know, I think some people who are like, well, it's just a character and whatever. They can, like, but, but that's not quite how I work. Um, so going back to what you were saying, it's like, yeah, like I, I don't have trouble bringing myself to a part. Uh, but sometimes, uh, I uh, like sometimes like more is required of that. And like, that's where I stumble into like, actor voice like that or, or especially if it's someone that's really not like sorry someone that's not like that's not like me oh like you like you but, okay. like um, a real villainous person or uh, or someone who's uh um quiet because <laughs> i'm definitely not quiet you know someone who's very kind of stoic and quiet and stuff like that like or nervous nervous person person full of anxiety that's that's tough for me uh, really oh that's yeah. so interesting like the only actor i know that doesn't know how to play someone with anxiety i'm just well, like please i'll be myself i don't i don't get anxiety very often i'm lucky that way i yeah not, i don't i'm not scared of a lot of things you know like i'm not i'm just not i just i'm just like oh. see now i kind of hate you just a little bit i didn't before but it's how I'm wired. I, I, you know, like there, there's some things where I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'd ever do that. You know, my girlfriend's like, I went scuba diving with sharks. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. I had chum in my pockets. I'm like, crazy. Um, like I wouldn't be doing that per se, but like, oh, you, know, you know, am I worried about like, you know, saying something stupid at a party or coming off looking? this, that, the other thing. Like, not really. I don't care. About all that much. Nine times out of 10 people forget. And like the ones that- That's true. It just, I don't know. Like nothing, nothing bad's ever happened to me from me. Oh, sorry. Nothing bad's ever happened. And then I lost it. And I'm like, nothing, when? Nothing's bad. Nothing bad has ever happened to me from me making a fool out of myself. Oh. You know, like- Well, you know what though? Here's the thing. Like with making a fool out of yourself that- I wonder if some, like sometimes when I'm like, oh, I'm going to look ridiculous. Like maybe it's, I don't actually look as ridiculous as I think I do. And people are just like, that is someone confident. Uh, that being said, I, I definitely have made a fool of myself, but. Oh, I've done it. I've done it in front of some. Uh, yeah, I've done it in front of some. I've been silly in front of some intense people. <laughs> I got really drunk at a film festival party once in front of Emil Hurt. And just was like, and the DJ was playing old school hip hop, and that's my jam. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best fucking song. You don't remember this song? And he's just like, no, man. 
I was fucking three. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Oh, you got to remember this one. Though. I was like, nobody. And I'm like, <laughs> then saw that thing the very next day. And I was like, hey, buddy. So, uh, sorry about last night. And he's like, are you fucking kidding? It was the best thing about last night. Like, I thought I was being a problem. And he's like, you're my favorite. You know what I mean? So, I've just, like, learned that it doesn't, like, unless you're, like, hit someone or call someone a piece of shit or 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 like you know you, like you know you're you're being an asshole like no one cares no one that's it's and, the narratives that we we put in our own head right like oh god everyone's gonna think this and, that. and they go no they think I, the complete opposite people oh or I, I, that i've done that before but most of the time it's just like uh, i have to be like oh no that's not what's going I'm also one of those people that, like, I, I, I can have my mind change. I can be like, oh, fuck. This person thinks I'm a piece of shit. And then my friend will be like, no, he doesn't. He just thinks you're silly. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he does. You know what I mean? Like, it happened the other day. I was, like, I was, uh, I was, I was spiraling about something. Like, uh, oh, I was finally about like one of my DJ gigs and I'm like, Oh, I'm so nervous about like this one guy coming in and, and, you know, taking over for me because, you know, they seem to really like him and like, maybe they'll just like, maybe they'll just replace me. And my friend's like, why? Like your, your DJ, your DJ gigs are going up. Like, you know, the pe more people are out, they're having a great time there. Why would they change mid stride just for some guy who's new? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why would they? That's so stupid. Why would I even think that? You know I, mean? you're so, I just don't think, I, I maybe it's an actor thing in general, but I don't think you give yourself enough credit for all that you do and how awesome you are. And then, oh. so you're DJing at the ballroom Friday nights? Yeah. And Friday. What, what was Saturday? I can't remember. Uh, Maverick Brewery. Where is that? Uh, it's at King and Bathurst, a little bit north of King on Bathurst. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's like, it's actually like actually technically it's I suppose uh, uh, Adelaide, Adelaide. But it's okay. I actually really appreciate your style of DJing because my husband and I always talk about. I had this um, oh I can't remember what they called it, but like when I was in physio school, we had those end of the semester end of the year parties, and there was a DJ that we always talk about because we're like, oh, I didn't know you could have a bad DJ till we saw a bad DJ. And <laughs> I didn't know it was hard until we saw people making it look really hard. And you go, okay, respect for all the DJs out there. It's not easy. Oh. You can have, you know, like the ones that like, you know, the ones that can't read a crowd, the ones that don't know music, the ones that can't mix. It, it was like a, the mixing, exactly. The reading a crowd, the mixing, like, Okay, how long should the song be? How do you mix it? Exactly, exactly. There's so much that goes into it. It's not just play on my playlist. No. Which I used to think it was, and I apologize to the DJ profession as a whole. That's okay. Uh, a lot of people think, especially now with, like, you know, digital DJing and stuff like that. It's a Spotify playlist. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Nope, it isn't. <laughs> but, I mean, like, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of things that make DJing a lot easier now, but uh, it still doesn't... Uh, it's still like, you still got to be able to read a crowd. You still got to be able to know kind of what to play when and where and who your crowd is, who your audience is. And a lot of DJs, especially nowadays, very neat. 
They're like, well, I play Afrobeats and Trap and Little Top 40. And there's some guys who are like, all I play is like, you know, old school disco and tech house. And it's just like, cool. Like, you can DJ at maybe seven venues in Toronto. Whereas I can DJ anywhere because I can play anything. So, this is uh, the whole not branding yourself, right? Not pigeonholing yourself. This is, uh, yeah, you're a DJ. You do everything. You're an actor. You do everything. I'm exhausted for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm lucky that, like, the places that I spin, like, they want an open format. They want to hear, you know, Drake and Tiesto and Aerosmith and Oasis and Rihanna and Post Malone, like, all in the same night. Like, well, I'm your guy. But there's very few guys out there that are like that. They're just like, oh, I'll just stick with this one box. And I'm like, nope, I'd like to think outside of the box. I do my best DJing when no one tells me what to play, what I want. You're an artist. You can't. I'm just, you're telling me what to do? <laughs> no. Well, sometimes they have a vibe that they want to keep. Like, like, okay. And I could do that too. Like, I got no problem with, I got no problem with being put in a box. Don't put me in a box. It's usually when I so. I really wish I was at a phase in my career where I could pull a diva card. You know, I I wouldn't like. I just want to pull a diva card in the most ridiculous way that it wouldn't make sense, and then I would apologize afterwards and be like, I was doing a bit. I would never <laughs> fully commit to it, but yeah. just have like an outrageous request of how dare you separate my red M and M's kind of thing. I really want to do that. Oh. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even want the M&M's. Then I throw the M&M's in the garbage. I don't even want the M&M's. I just want to be able to make someone do that. And I'm not happy with that quality I have. I'm not. But I also think it's just like this, this ability to make it so far in life that people are willing to bend over backwards for you. And you go, where were you <laughs> during the rest of the phase of my Like, where, where was this people wanting to work so hard for me? I don't, I don't know what this is yet. It, I, don't, I don't even know if I'd be ready for it. If someone was willing to do that for me, I don't, I'd be like, are you serious? Is this just, like, is this a bit? Yeah, I'll tell you what happens. You stop trusting that they're doing mm. it. want to do it. That they're doing it to keep you happy. I, I got my first, I got my first very small taste. Of that. Very small. Oh. But that movie that I did in Vancouver. Right where they flew me out and stuff like that. This wasn't the Elysium one though, is it a different one? Uh, another movie called Perfect Pickup that I did. Okay. And it was like uh, the, the the two leads uh, and like they were also like the producer and the writer and then I was like third on the call sheet. And I just noticed that like every other time that I've been on set, people have been nice to me, like perfectly nice to me. But like that, specific shoot people were overly nice to me like can we get you anything do you need anything are you okay you want some water hey man uh the 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 supplementals are out do you want me to go grab you some soup do you blah blah blah, blah. oh yeah we'll get your chair for you right away don't worry blah, blah, blah. like all the shit and it got to a point and like you know and then it got to, and, then, and then and then i started getting this it's like man chad's character was my favorite but you're my Wait, you're my favorite what? You, like, you're my favorite character in the movie now. Like, you're doing the stuff that you're doing, just, like, so funny and blah, blah, blah. And and it got to a point where I'm like, are they telling the truth or are they 
just trying to keep me happy because I'm third on the call sheet. And if I'm not happy and decide not to come to set one day, which I would never do, but whatever. If like, if that is like, oh, I'm not coming to set today. And then like that costs some money. So like, they're just like, everyone just be nice to the top five people, no matter what happens. You know what I mean? And so much of it, like I had to call like a friend, like a really good friend of mine is this guy, Sean Ashbourne. He was like, Iceman in the X-Men movie. Yeah, I know. He worked on my uncle's movie. Oh, uh, well, oh my gosh. I can't believe I brought that up on a live. It was called My Brother's Keeper. We move on from there. Uh, oh, or, oh, oh. but that is, but that is Quinn. I don't remember. So Aaron was the lead, and then Sean was, like, also, I'm in that movie. You're in my, <laughs> what? You're in my uncle's movie? Yeah. I have a... Okay. Oh, as a no, dork. No, no, no. I actually did not. Uh, oh. <laughs> I never talk about that movie. Oh, my God. We are taking this offline because I'm not going to have my thoughts recorded. Oh, my God. We will talk about this tonight. Okay. Um, okay, fine. I will do a little. My uncle's movie. My uncles are twins. And they made a movie like My Brother's Keeper. I don't know how to sell it. Anyways. Gordon uh, <laughs> Barker directed it. And and then like Aaron are two friends, and then my other best friend Drew was also in it. So yeah, like we're yeah. So there want to be a door guy in the scene. I'm like yeah. So I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh told- my god! I've never been this surprised before. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, gonna rewatch that. Um, didn't want to. Okay. Quick singing, you miss me. It's like a soc like. That's the very beginning of my career type of thing. But yeah, I play like a door guy. Okay, it was the beginning of theirs too. Uh, that's so funny. Oh my God, this is but an I, amazing moment. But like, yeah, like going back to what I was saying, it's just like, you know, I, I talked to Sean about it. And I'm like, do you ever like, like, do you ever like think like, oh, they don't really mean what they're saying. They're just trying to keep me happy. Like they're, they're just, they're lying. You know what I mean? Like they did, they just, you know, and he's just like, yeah, sometimes. I'm just like, yeah, that must be like a shitty feeling, like you know, that you're not quite sure if people, like, if people really believe that you're doing this great fucking job, or they're just trying to keep you happy so that you don't, I don't know, like whatever, don't be an asshole on set. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're thinking you would do if you're not happy. But it just made me think. Like I was just like, oh man, like I, I don't really know. I can't. I don't know if they're telling the truth or not. If I'm if I'm doing this great work or if like, if they're just trying to keep me happy. And I think that right. like, that that's like, you know, and then I, and then I, so then I think sometimes, you know, and this is where, like, I play as an actor. And then I think sometimes about like how, like, you know, you know, you know, when you hear about like actors and famous people, like believing their own hype, thinking that they are special, like these, this special fucking delicate flower that just like, breezes into a movie set and makes the movie fucking sellable and, and shit like that. And so they they act like pieces of shit, but it's like the alternative to doing that, the, the alternative to not believing your own hype is that you feel like everyone's lying to you and Jesus Christ, like what's worse? Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like staying humble is one thing, but then the, the byproduct of that, is that like maybe you can't trust as many people as you want. You know, it's really interesting that you said that because I'm actually wondering if there is like a training session where they say, this is what you have to do 
And I wonder if people take it too far. I wonder if it's just, you know, make someone feel comfortable and people don't know. Right. And people are like, okay, what does that mean? I have to go above and beyond. I want to make sure someone's like, I just think the dynamics on a set alone are fascinating. That should be a movie in and of itself. There's, because, like, there's, there's a hierarchy. There, there's so much yeah. going on. There are certain sets that are just like, yeah, you don't talk to the stars. Don't ever talk to them. Uh, I had a thing where I was, I was on this TV show called Jet, and there was a first AD there. And I had auditioned about two years ago for a web series that he was doing to be like the lead in the web series. He's like, you didn't make the lead, but I thought you did such a fucking good job. I'd love to do like a, like maybe an offshoot of it. I'm like, yeah, man, cool. And I just done a take that I loved a couple of lines. So I pick up my, I pick up my sides as he's talking. He's like, yeah, my idea is, and I was just like, uh, you know, I had like, you know, like lines. And I was just like, uh, I was like, yeah, no, tell me. And he's just like, yeah, my idea was, and I just like looked at my lines like this. And he immediately stopped talking and started walking away. And I was like, oh, hey, where are you going? He's just like, oh, no, man, we, we can't talk to you if you're reading lines. Like, we're actually specifically told not to. I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care. He's like, no, you don't understand. I can't talk to you if you're reading lines. I'm like, no, dude, tell me. I, I just, I flubbed. So I, I'm, I'm just reading it while we're talking. I don't care, dude. We're, you won't get in trouble. Don't worry. He's like, no, I don't think you understand. If my boss sees me speak to you while you're reading lines, I will be fired. I'm like, holy shit. He's just like, okay. I guess it happened that like a crew member was talking to an actor when they were trying to fucking focus and that actor was just like, please, can you fuck off? Like I'm working or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if that was what happened, but like a rule was put in place that whenever you see a, an actor pick up sides and start reading them, you walk the fuck away. And I was like, whoa. So yeah. But it's so funny because sometimes, you know, when you're reading a sign, like I like, I like someone to throw words at me to make sure that like, because on set, you know, I'm not gonna be 100%, like what are the lines? So it's kind of making it easier for me to remember in a way. Well, I suppose if it's another actor or like the director or something, that's okay. But like, it's this so weird, that, I'm terrified for this, for these people's jobs. But this whole thing because is they're, that- They're probably saying it's so, because in actors, I like, we feel indispensable, we feel dispensable. But then mm. you see people on set, talk to someone, you're done. All right, let's bring in the other guy. So waiting in the wings. Yeah. I don't know. Or, I mean, like, he, you know, he made it sound like he would be fired. Maybe he wouldn't be. Maybe it would just be like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know the rules, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Like, yeah. It, all I know is he swiftly walk away, walked away from me when I started reading my sides. So, uh, you know, yeah, like, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think there are. I think, like, you know, you get, like, a morning meeting or a morning email. And it's just like that everyone just – Make sure not to look J-Lo in the eyes because she doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I mean, I think it's very silly, but whatever. I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that it takes a team to make a movie. It's more important than the other person. So, it's You know what? It's like I can understand both sides, though, because there, there must have been a point where one of the people had just such a terrible experience on a set that if they can put a rule in, they don't have to explain it, right? Because you hear of these terrible stories happening on set, you go, wow, I can't believe this ever happened to you. So if there is a rule that has to be in play for whatever reason, I do want to respect that, even though I, sometimes I would roll my eyes at things. I'm like, okay, you know what? Something happened to you that you feel the need to implement this rule. And I don't, that's, that's 
sad for me to hear that that's happened and that stuff is it's stuff is still happening right you can only control so much and yeah. again you know these a lot of sets where you go even even if you think there's a level of professionalism that you would expect at certain sites you go oh it's still not there amazing when will we reach that <laughs> when will we reach that level uh i mean you know never as you know like you have what uh, on a small set you have 20 to 30 people on a big set you have 50 to 100 like not everyone's gonna be the same person so something always will yeah it's true i mean that's just human that's just life but it's like but it's like you like i'm a rule breaker i remember when i was in vancouver and i was going through like uh, uh financially and my my agent's like you want to do stand-in work and i was like What's standing work? It's like when they light the scene, you stand there, and then the actor comes in, and I'm just like, okay. And so I did, and uh, I did it on this movie called Sucker Punch. And um, when I wasn't lighting the scene, I wasn't really sitting with all the other stand-ins. I talked to the actors. There was actually one night where... Um, my friend Sean again did this movie with Jenna Malone called The Ruins, and uh, and I'm doing stand-in work and I'm not really talking to, not really talking to the, the leads. You're not supposed to, but whatever. Um, and uh, and she grabs my arm and she's like, "I know you, don't I?" And I said, uh, "Oh, um, yeah, we met at the Toronto Film Festival like two years ago." I'm. Uh, Best friends with Sean Ashmore. She's like, yeah, from the ruins. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. I mean, that's like that one time. I'm like, yeah. And so then we're talking. So then all the other girls in the movie start talking. And then Oscar Isaacs comes in and we're all talking. And we're looking at, like, a, you know, the movie takes place in the 60s. So they had these like real life magazines from the 60s. So we're flipping through them and we're like, oh my God, it's an advertisement for sugar. Like how you should use natural sugar in your strawberry shortcake. Isn't this hilarious? And then, like, the director of photography is, like, doing magic tricks for us. And then, you know, then they're shooting. So I go back to holding. And, like, all the other, all the other like, stand-ins are, like, shouldn't be talking to the leads. I'm like, first of all, they talk to me. So what am I going to do? Like, not talk to them? And also, they're just people. You know, I'm not going to not talk to them. And honestly, I don't give a fuck about this job. So, like, if they want to fire me for talking to the or Jenna Malone, who talked to me, by the way. I didn't talk to her. She talked to me. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're all a team here. I'm just going to have a follow-up. We're going to bring Jenna Malone on the next live. Like, oh, this guy, <laughs> Derek, would not take a clue. Yeah, I know. He's such a chatterbox, that guy. Seriously, said, take your hand on it. Oh, my gosh, Derek, here's the problem. This chat went on way longer than I pitched it. Ha ha ha. Happens all the time. Is there any, well, well, we will end it, but is there any like final words you'd like to share with any actors, even just starting out or? Yeah. Final uh, thoughts. Okay. Ever, never, 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 not ever, no matter what anyone says, not ever, don't ever give up. Um, this, uh, this industry is hard and it'll knock you down. And uh, it'll really make you question whether you want to do this or not. But if you have a hunger for it and you want to express yourself this way artistically, um, you know, don't let anyone ever tell you that something. Just keep going. And, uh, um, 
William H. Macy has a great quote. He said that every actor that I've known that didn't quit is a success. Made it. Every single one. Maybe not made it the way they thought they were going to make it. Like when they were 20, they're like, I'm going to make a million dollars a picture. But like, maybe they made it when they were 50. And like, now they're making 80 grand a year just being an actor. But they made it. They're, they're making a living at it. As long as you never give up, you'll make it. Like something will happen. So just don't ever give up. And don't ever let anyone tell you what your career is going to be. It's your career. So, yeah. I like that. Ooh, words of wisdom with Derek Gilroy. Derek, thank you so much for chatting with me. This was so fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I, I get my guests to sign out now because I awkwardly sign out and it hasn't been fun for me. So you get to say goodbye to everyone. Thanks for listening. All that jazz. All right. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Nigel from Vancouver. I can see he just joined. What up, buddy? Um, great, great agent in Vancouver. Uh, actors hit him up. I'm sure he's going to hate me for saying that. Whatever. <laughs> Hello, Nigel. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, everyone. Uh, take care, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.